This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Simone Sosiaris. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Tuesday the 27th of July. In your Squeeze today, Ariane Titmus grabs gold. New rules at Parliament House. Airstrikes continue in Afghanistan. And spotting a Western Quoll. This is your Squeeze today. Yesterday's 400-metre women's freestyle final was one of the most anticipated swimming races of the Olympic Games. And boy, did it live up to its expectations. Aussie Ariane Titmus came in 0.67 seconds ahead of American Katie Ledecky to win gold. It's a big deal because Ledecky is one of the most successful female swimmers of all time. Ledecky is a really big deal. So for Titmus to beat her, it really is quite something. Just to give you a bit of perspective on who Ledecky is and why this is such a big deal. Ledecky is the most successful female swimmer of all time. Uh, Since her Olympic debut in London back in 2012, she's won five gold medals, 15 world championship gold medals, and a string of records uh, when it comes to all distances of freestyle from 200 metres right up to 1,500 metres. So Titmus yesterday became the first woman to beat Ledecky in an individual Olympic final. It really was quite a boil over. Uh, There was a very healthy and respectful rivalry between the pair. And yesterday, the pair really gave credit to each other for their achievements. Titmus was slightly favoured to win because of her victory against Ledecky back in the same event at the 2019 World Championships. Nonetheless, a huge win and one that was celebrated by her coach, parents and her fans here at home. At the moment, the swimming seems to be where Australia is doing best, Claire. Yeah, it is. And going into these Olympics, it was the pool where Australia was expected to do the best in these games and particularly on the female side of the team. And that seems to be what is transpiring. We're only three days in, though, to the program. There's still six more days to go and lots of chances for other stars to shine. Yeah, some huge wins there in the pool for Australia. If you haven't seen Ariane Titmus win the gold, I've popped a link to it in your episode notes and also a link to coach Dean Boxell celebrating her big win. Check it out. It's really something. It really is. <laughs> New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian yesterday said changes to the state's lockdown will be provided in the next few days, but it's pretty much a given, Claire, that it won't be lifting at the end of the week as originally planned. Sydney's not getting out of lockdown this week, no. let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> That's just not happening. Uh, a date hasn't been set, though, as to what the next window is like. We'll hear more about that, Gladys. Gladys Berejiklian says in the coming days. Uh, of course, there's been speculation that the government is targeting a mid-September date. Uh, that wasn't confirmed by the Premier yesterday, but certainly it seems that there are lots of discussions that are happening. Uh, also, what the New South Wales government is discussing about how to best up the vaccination rate. And it yesterday announced walk-in clinics that will administer the AstraZeneca vaccine to frontline workers and to others who are eligible in those hotspots of Sydney. As for the rest of the country, reports this morning say things are looking good for Victoria's lockdown to end tonight, but officials are set to give an update on that this morning, so keep an eye out. And South Australia is on track to lift its seven-day lockdown tonight, but some restrictions are likely to stay in place. 
In February, the federal government launched a review into how workplace complaints are handled at Parliament House. That was, of course, triggered after former Liberal staffer Brittany Higgins came forward and spoke out about an alleged rape by a colleague. Yesterday, Claire, Prime Minister Scott Morrison accepted all 10 recommendations from the review, including making sexual harassment and bullying training mandatory for coalition ministers and staffers. Yeah, as you say, there were many reviews that were launched in the wake of those claims from Brittany Higgins. This is the one that was conducted by the Prime Minister's Department into how complaints are made uh, either by parliamentarians uh, or by their staff and what those recommendations that Scott Morrison has waved through means is that there will be some training uh, for coalition ministers and staffers. The reason why they've been nominated is that they're really the only group of people that the Prime Minister can mandate that sort of training for. It'll also be available for all MPs and all staff, but the Prime Minister can't force them to do that. What he has said is that there will be a public register, though, and parliamentarians should be answerable to their constituents about that. Uh, There'll also be an independent complaints body that's set up for politicians and for staffers to be able to go through if they have sexual harassment or bullying claims that they want to take forward. For Higgins' part, she believes the measures will, in her words, ensure Parliament House is a safer workplace for all future employees. To international news, and a report from the United Nations overnight has found Afghan civilians were killed or injured at record levels in the first half of the year. Government forces have been fighting the Taliban, which continues to gain ground and now controls large parts of Afghanistan. When you look at what's happened in Afghanistan over the last 20 years, it really is quite something to say that civilian casualties are now at a record high. As you say, when you look at the first half of this year, there's been a 47% rise in deaths and injuries compared to the first half of last year. There's really grim predictions about what will happen in the second half of this year as the Taliban really does gain a grip on power across large swathes of the country and the Afghan government really on the back foot. The United States is due to withdraw the last of its troops by the end of August, but has recently stepped up airstrikes against the Taliban in support of the Afghan government. Afghanistan's history is long and complicated, so we've summed it up in a squeeze shortcut that also looks at why the US and other countries have gotten involved over the years and the latest uptick in violence. A link is in your episode notes. If you're a teen in the 90s watching Home and Away, you'll likely remember Dieter Brommer, the actor that played Shane Parrish on the TV show. Brommer died on Saturday afternoon, Claire. He was 45 years old. Real shock yesterday across the media and, of course, across his friends who came out on social media and plenty of fans saying that they were very sad to hear that Brummer had died. Uh, He was such a big deal when it came to the mid-90s. Anyone who was watching any television during that period, chances are they tuned into Home and Away. Uh, He was the spunk rat who paired up with Angel. They got married and had a very tragic love story. But the pair, uh, Melissa George, who played Angel uh, and Bruma, really were two of the biggest stars in the Australian TV circuit. Yeah, they were a big deal. Bromer, for one, took home two silver logies for his work in 1995 and 1996. And he went on to appear in several other Aussie TV shows, including Neighbours and Underbelly. 
He was found at his home on Saturday and police said the circumstances weren't suspicious. For anyone who needs help, a link is in your episode notes. Claire, we don't hear about Western quolls very often. They are one of many marsupials that are native to Australia, but they are a threatened species, so very rare. Yesterday, there were reports of the first local sightings of Western quolls in about 100 years. Yeah, we don't hear of them very often. We also don't see them very often. (laughs) That's why it's very exciting that uh, these pictures have been taken uh, with those first local sightings. They are very cute, so they're definitely (laughs) worth the wait. They're very cute and very small, but apparently they have big personalities. They're really fast and they're related to the Tassie Devils. Few fun facts. For a Tuesday. <laughs> Squeeze the day, Claire. Given how well we've been going in the pool, I'll be looking out for Kaylee McEwen at 11.50 today when she races in the 100 metre backstroke final. Look, and Australians seem to be going really nuts for the Olympics at the moment. The ratings on the TV are just incredible. So I totally understand that. That's some really exciting things happening. Uh, what I'll be looking out for today, apparently Joe Biden is set to make an announcement very shortly about American troops withdrawing from a Iraq, of course, that's part of getting American troops home from these very long conflicts. And we mentioned it yesterday, but if you want a rundown of the Olympics, the Tokyo Sprint is a handy way to know what's coming up and what to tune into. Stay listening at the end of the podcast for that. That's all from us. Larissa is back on deck tomorrow. Until then.